Welcome to the Digital Critical Gaming Podcast. We talk about stuff that involves gamers and games and all sorts of cool things like that. Uh, Not just consoles, not just PC. We also include tabletop, handheld, and all that other good stuff. We do not discriminate. Gaming is fun. You should game more. Today's topics are going to be paid betas, stroke crowdfunding, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Also, what would our platform for digital distribution be? Kind of like Steam, but our own version of it. Today, I am joined by Mike Wyeth. Hello, everybody. Corey Andrews. I'm here this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was me that wasn't here. And then, as always, my good buddy Dan. Hello. All right, so let's get right into it. Paid right betas. Into it. Paid betas and crowdfunding and Kickstarter and all of that. Um, I think a lot of people think that they're buying an actual game, when in reality you're funding the developer to make the game. <clears throat> That's something completely different. They they're they're doing their thirty dollar pledge and says you bought the game, but the game that they bought or they thought they bought might turn out to be something completely different. MechWarrior Online, I'm looking at you. $140 wasted on that stupid piece of crap. Um, But we do also have good examples of this, like Star Citizen. That's not fully out yet, but they have the Arena Commander module where you can view your different ships that you bought. You can do some PvP and some PvE aspects of ship combat. You can even do racing inside of there. So it may be like way early alpha type stuff, but at least they're putting stuff out for you to to try and explore and figure out. Bad example, though, would be Planetary Annihilation. So much promise. It's basically they went all in on the whole slamming planets together to destroy everything, but forgot about the other aspects of gameplay. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Another good example, Elite Dangerous. I just recently picked that one up. I've played about... You didn't tell me about that? No, I just did it like last week. I put in probably about 15 hours worth in there. It's holding out on us. And uh, I'm really liking that one. It's um, kind of like a privateer, wing commander-ish deal set out in space. And it's a it's a beta. I'm in beta 3 or beta 2, one or the other. Um, so stuff's not quite final, and they're still exploring content and balances and things like that. But it's in a playable state. I think that is when I'm ready to put money down on a game. Is when it's in a playable state that I can see this is what it is so far. We need your help, gamers, to get over the hump and be able to get this published. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that's a really tricky one because um, there's so many different aspects that lead up to becoming a crowdfunded game it's sort of 
you get some games which are we are pretty much there but um either we cancel the game now because we have completely run out of money or you guys help us over it and we'll release it or you get games which from the ground up have been built with this crowdsourced um foundation for their entire funding it's sort of or then again you've got ones which let's judge interest from the crowdfunding and mm -hmm. pick up a publisher from that so there's so many different types of um production that can be done through crowdfunding depending on what you've got and it's really that means the product which comes out of it will be massively varied because of the state the game is in when it goes into crowdfunding I think sometimes it's used as a marketing tool mm -hmm. instead of a we need funds to help build the game. I always worry about stuff like that uh, being a ripoff, you know, being yes. <laughs> another way to take my money and basically make me look like a fool, um, <laughs> which I'm very good about that. But uh, anyway, it just I don't know. I just have a hard time when you guys were talking. Somebody was really talking up Star Citizen, mm -hmm. and I looked at it, but I was like, man, I want to pay for something that's not even finished. I mean, yeah, they got some stuff now, and if I wanted to, yeah, but I'm going to probably wait till it comes out, then I'll check it out. Because I don't know which, how it's going to be when it's done. I don't know. I just, I have a hard time giving money on something that's not here yet. But then again, mm -hmm. I did pre-order the next Star Wars uh, expansion, so uh, that's pretty much. It. Would you call that the similar? I, I don't because know if you it's call not that out similar. Yet. Yeah, I wouldn't call that similar because you're comparing something that already has an engine that's already playable, that's already out. That's true. Um, you're kind of anticipating that they're going to release that content, whereas something like Star Citizen isn't out. It's in a state where you can look at your ship, but you cannot play it on a hourly basis or on like like a a regular basis like an MMO. Well, you you can. Um, there's the swarm mode, and then there's um, against other players in there. You there are people that <clears throat> play the PvP aspect of it um, for hours on end. Bad News Baron True. of Twitch, he plays it. Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to like 4.30 p.m., and that's his job. He makes money off of just streaming Star Citizen content. I um, think I'm more talking about a game that's fully released, whereas right. Star Citizen is still in a, an unknown well, state. Remember this. <clears throat> Back when you wanted to try out WoW for beta, they'd let you in if you pre-bought the game several months earlier. So, in a way, that was almost like the grandfather of this. But not to the extreme that we are now. I mean, yeah. basically, now you're having a, a guy say, hey, I got an idea, I need money, here, help me out, and <laughs> I can make this. Yeah. And that's basically what it is. It's just have a hard time trusting that person. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of scams out there. And I'm sure there is a lot of scams around this uh, field of crowdfunding, but it would be interesting to know if that's really just our thinking or there's there are really scams out there. There really are scams out there. Oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. Kickstarter Soon had to are. change its terms of service because of it. Um, they actually them, had though. 
they they actually said say in their terms of service now if you put it on Kickstarter and you get backed you actually have to make whatever it is you're doing whether it be a game or a product What's the or penalty for them if they don't I believe they contract? have I think they have to refund everybody all the money. It used to be okay, that's tough, nice. tough luck if you they pull out, right. then it's just sort of, yeah. oh, then, well, you sit there. Which I think is, my, the point I want to make is that um, traditionally with a publisher, the invest an investor coming in takes a risk for the game they want to make, but also when the game comes out, they get the reward of some of the money back. Whereas right. like with early access, <laughs> we're taking on the risk and like no reward. when it comes out, we just get a game and it's like, yay, I paid for this. But yeah, there is entirely putting the risk on us with no reward apart from, like, I mean, there, there are games which would never have been made. Like, the return of the point-and-click adventure game, arguably, um, you know, Telltale had a massive part of it, but, you know, Double Fine, going back to um, point-and-click adventure is something that probably wouldn't have happened without crowdfunding with that massive Broken Age Mm -hmm. uh, even though Broken Age has been a little bit dodgy with it's going on uh, yeah it's just the fact we are getting a point and click adventure from Tim Schafer for me is awesome because like I loved all the LucasArts adventure games well I do have a bone to pick with Double Fine and that would be Space Base DF9 the entire thing with Space Base DF9 the the, the Production. It doesn't sound like Star Trek at all. <laughs> wink, all. wink. It, that's actually that. That's what mm. they say. It's oh, it's kind of sort of familiar, huh? Yeah, it's supposed to be that way. But the entire uh, funding for that game was all through Kickstarter, and I don't. Well, I'm not sure if it actually was on Kickstarter, but I did buy it through Steam Early Access and things like that. They didn't quite make enough money, and they pulled the plug. Basically, there weren't any updates for the betas for a while, and then version 1.0 came out, and then they said, Yep, there's the game. Sorry, we didn't make enough money to keep doing all the things that we wanted to do, so uh, here's version 1. Go play and have fun. <laughs> kind of. It's yeah, it's dodgy because yeah. um <clears throat> I mean, didn't they also release the tool set saying like go make it for yourself essentially? Uh, uh something like that. Um Oh my. <laughs> yeah, here, thank you for yourself. the money. Bye bye. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, well, yeah, I thought like... uh I thought uh not Star Citizen but Kickstarter wasn't there also another one where they could crowd fund um, they had to meet the target in order to get the money, but as soon as they met the target, um, then they got to keep the money regardless if they finished it. But if they didn't meet the target, then everyone got refunded. There's two different, to my knowledge at least, two different uh, kinds of Kickstarter funding. The ones where it's kind of like just a general fundraiser where there is no specified we have to make x amount of money it, it's one where you pay money the they get it and that's it and then there's ones where it has to reach this threshold 
if it doesn't reach that threshold in 30 days or whatever, however long it is, um, then everyone who pitched in but didn't make it to the threshold gets refunded. So when you when you pay into one of those ones, it's kind of held in escrow. It's not actually paid out, but it's also um, earmarked to go to them once it reaches the the, the target. That makes mm -hmm. sense. It'll be interesting to see when uh, Star Citizen is released. I actually look forward to that. You know, I was. <laughs> I was tempted to put money into it until I realized what was actually happening and when I looked at Kickstarter and what people told me. Mm -hmm. I almost fell in that trap of uh, putting in money to get the ship and then finding out that I wouldn't actually be playing the game. I could only look at the pretty ship that I just spent $40 on. Well, you can I... fly it now, right? In a, in a limited setting, yes. Yeah. But you know what? If I'm paying $40, I want to be able to play a game that I'm paying $40 for. I don't want to be playing for, like, a $2 game that you could just do one thing and that's it. Understandable. That's that's kind of where I am at right at this moment. And looking at Early Access on Steam at the moment, there are a lot of games which are Early Access that I didn't even know were Early Access and have been in the front page for a long time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Galactic Civilizations 3 for, like, $44.00 has mm -hmm. been sitting on the front page for ages. <laughs> yeah, that's been in beta for Interstellar a long Marines. time. Interstellar Marines, I remember like eight years ago, uh, Interstellar Marines was just coming out. It was uh, like a cool sci-fi um, FPS, and it's gone through bankruptcies, through different hands, and eventually now they're just starting to do this crowdsourcing, and it actually turned out for the better for them, but... You're not talking about aliens, Colonial Marines, are you? No, Interstellar Marines. Okay, good. Because Alien yeah. Colonial <laughs> Marines sucked. That wasn't early. That wasn't early access. Though. That was just yeah. That well, was just well, no. <laughs> There's so many. That that, that was a, a a Kickstarter crowdfunded style of thing, but what was promised and what people got were completely different things mm. as far as the story goes. I thought that was funded by Sega, wasn't it? It's Gearbox produced, funded by Sega. Sega! And that's uh, well, the other part. Maybe. That's all, the other part. All I remember um, is the cutscenes and the videos and everything that they were putting out as promo material did not look anything like the game. Yeah, the other part of, I would say, problems with early access especially, not so much Kickstarter stuff, but early access, you are given access to an early stage of the game which makes it really difficult to review because any game they're selling you on potential at that point mm -hmm. and if you're reviewing it on what is theirs you, you've sort of got to try and stay as objective as possible with this whole thing and really if there are things missing it makes it impossible to review because all you've got then is promises of things to come and yeah, it's impossible to get an objective review of potential. <laughs> right. Which, I have yeah. a question for you, mm -hmm. since since you did Star Citizen, mm -hmm. uh, you could probably tell us how how do you feel about not their progress about having okay now now I got this much I spent whatever you spent. Uh, are you getting a little anxious? Kind of want it a little now. Now I put in. 
about $120 into um, ships and upgrades for my my base, if you will, the, the hangar. Um, I am completely satisfied with what's going on right now. There's, That's good. There's consistent updates um, from Cloud Imperium Gaming, the, the actual company behind it. Um, they post stuff on a consistent basis. Hey, we got this new thing. Hey, we finished this thing. Here's a work in progress on the new ship that we told you about a couple of weeks back. That kind of deal. Um, the Arena Commander pre-alpha ship viewer hangar area keeps getting updates as well. Um, like I said, they, they have the free flight, the swarm mode where it's player versus environment. They have PvP stuff where it's against other players over the internet. And they just recently came out with the racing module. Racing's a lot of fun. I, I like that quite a bit. Um, but the thing is, is that what, what makes it comfortable for me is there's always constant stream of here's what's new, here's what we're finished finishing up, here's what this team did, here's what that team's working on now. And I think they're one of the best in terms of just the sheer amount of communication, which gives me a lot of peace of mind, because I know they're not just sitting on the money and letting it, you know, waste away, essentially. Also, I've played an um, unfinished game by the guys behind that. It was Freelancer, and it was amazing. Yes. <laughs> so I don't care if they finish it or not, because like, I know they can put out a decent game whether or not it's finished. Yeah, that's the other reason why I, I paid into it, because it's, it's the same guys that did Freelancer, Wing Commander, and um, a couple other games that are slipping my mind right now. So, so your criteria would be to make sure there's somebody you could actually trust. Someone who has had some track prior, yeah, so, some kind of track record. Which that, that makes more sense than just jumping in with somebody that you have no idea if you're wasting your money or not. Right. Yeah. And that's my fear of doing that. I just kind of wait till it's just about released, where they're doing like a Borderlands prequel. They're doing a you know pre-buy it now, and but you kind of know the company's already made one. They're going to come out with it, so this isn't crowdfunding this is what the what what the uh, industry does now you try yeah. to sell the game before it's out and try I, to get I, you I think, with some stuff I think we're seeing a shift from the whole you go to GameStop and you pre-buy and get the game day of and instead of that it's now pre-buy and you get some kind of functionality of the game to play now. Yeah, they're, they're basically a lot of the games are allowing you to download it early and have it ready. Let's see if it's an MMO, they just won't turn the servers on, but they'll let you do it a little bit earlier if you get it online through them, which is I like because I hate going to the store and go getting it and then hurry up and play it. Yeah. You know, I want just download it. I have to say, I wonder if Destiny kind of went down that route because. There was only 1 through 20, and you got to 20 pretty quickly, and I haven't played it for a little while, so I don't know if they've done any changes to it, but 
You get to 20, and then you're like, what do you do now? So I'm wondering if they're going to start It turns into a loot out. grind, from what I understand, once you hit level mm -hmm. cap. So what I'm trying to figure out is, did everyone buy into this destiny, like literally millions of people, and this is just the beginning of like a beta, or is this the game that we're going to play for the next three, four years? That's because it just, I mean, with Destiny, with, they sold you on a promise of, they showed so many wonderful, beautiful pictures, because yeah. the game looks beautiful. Uh, it's a really well put together game, but then from what I understand, the gameplay doesn't really live up to the visuals of the whole thing. And I found that with, um, oh, what's it called? Planetary Annihilation, which I've been playing, was just sort of, it was by the guys who put together Spring Commander and Total Annihilation, which are two of my favorite RTS games of all time. They're they... very highly rated, very highly regarded RTSs. Yeah, and so they showed that as the base level of the whole thing, being that it is basically this game, but then showed as it scaled up, because let's say Supreme Commander started off with the smallest troops were about the size of a tree, and the largest troops were about the size of a mountain, and the scale was massive, it scaled up hugely as you went through the tech levels. And with this one, they showed you in the video of the uh, advertising the whole thing, they showed you you could build Death Stars, you could build your planet into sort of giant laser-firing planets that shot other planets and blew them up, and the scale actually went up to planetary scale. And sort of that makes you think when they're advertising that they are the guys who made Supreme Commander and Total Annihilation, that the base level is going to be as good as those two, but with this extra scale. And what I found is that although it is the same thing superficially, it has, from the short time I've played it anyway, I'm not sure if I've played longer, but it has none of the subtleties of that game. I mean, it's... Um, the nuance isn't there. Yeah, and uh, base defense was just annoying, because um, let's say the enemy base is on one side of the planet, you're on the other. You want to build base defense, stopping the enemies from coming into your base and blowing it up. That is a simple thing. But what happens is that, like, because it's a 3D, it's playing on a sphere, they just wander around and come round the back of the planet, and it's just sort of, oh, <laughs> <laughs> <it's not fair. laughs> it's just, So the answer is just, there is only one tactic, which is get into space fast, build an um, orbital laser station, and that is the only tactic as far as I can tell. And it's just, <laughs> it's like, compared to the other one, where it's just like, I don't know, I built ridiculous base defense platforms, and it was just so fun just watching wave one wave of enemy just try to get up through my shields and just get blasted. <laughs> and, yeah, you can't do that on this one, which made me sad. You have to go out and fight. You, can't you have to go out and fight. They get bored. Yeah, <laughs> sit behind my castle walls, pointing and laughing. <sighs> You you do that tactic all the time on all oh, the it's games. Such like a that. good tactic. <laughs> <laughs> Most easily defeated enemy is a bored one. Do you put your flag on there too? So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, my, it's yeah. my flag. My flag. My mountain. No one can have this. That this is my corner of the map. No country. Yep. You you go away now. Find somewhere else to be. Okay. <sighs> here we go. One that an early access game Valve actually pulled. It's called Earth Year 2066, mm, which mm -hmm. uh, 
yeah, the assets which they had displayed on the Steam page were actually stolen from Google Images. Just they went on randomly, <laughs> picked them up. It had one level with gameplay where you're dumped in the middle of a field and if you walk too far, you simply fall off the edge of the map. Uh, and every now and then, a semi-indestructible robot appears, which seems to be... You don't get to see it too uh, that long because it just kills you pretty much instantly. But it seems to be a barbecue with wheels attached. And that's the game. You start again once you die, and you go into the field, and it's got like a little building. And basically anyone who said, this isn't a real game, got told they were being trolls and banned from the Steam forums. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were charging... Nineteen dollars, nineteen pounds for it. Wow, yeah, nineteen pounds for it, and uh, that's like thirty US or something like yeah, that, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's about thirty dollars. Um, that's a lot. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. this got this carried on for a while with sort of people essentially being advertised a false game, and it took until it took yeah a couple of months and loads of publicity from. Um, Basically, it sort of became the symbol of what can go wrong with early access, and that's the reason it got pulled. But there are still loads of games out there that do exactly the same thing and just haven't been noticed yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. This is a lot of undiscovered country with the style of scamming, essentially, I'd call it. Because I, I, I it's would. difficult to tell whether it's actually a scam or whether it's they set out with noble intentions but have no idea how to make a game. Right. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, they could just be terrible developers and <laughs> there's no way of knowing. Because the way that Steam works, anyone can put a game on there if they get past... Yep. I don't even think there's any quality control on it. They can just put it on. It's a, it's it, a $100 buy-in from yeah. what I understand. That may have changed. Uh, I haven't really looked into the, the nitty-gritty yeah. details of that in a while. Well, you can also look at uh, Community Greenlight. It's where people vote in your game as well. Mm -hmm. And all they have to do that is get their friends. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, that's the other part of it. The All the good reviews for um, Earth uh, Year two th two, uh, 2066 were actually from his friends list. <laughs> and so it was really easy to tell. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. There's no scam here. No, no, no. Move along. It's all above board. Yeah. Speaking of Steam, um, Steam just had a massive update to the front page of their store. And they did. Yeah, with the curators. We're going to touch base with that, but I want to open it up for all different forms of digital distribution for gaming. Origin, Steam, good old games, Uplay. Oh, terrible, <laughs> terrible Ubisoft. A couple of different takes that I've seen from them. Origin is pretty much just EA. Um, they were kind of upset that Steam was getting into their cut of the profits. And he's like, well, we can do it better than you can. Mm. No. 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 I, I do like the UI for Origin a lot better. I like their in-game overlay a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, the friends list for both Steam and Origin <laughs> just suck. Yeah. 
I'm <laughs> sorry. Steam, Steam is actually pretty decent though, but if you really want a overlay, then I think you're probably going to be best going with Xfire. And that's something I haven't used in oh, we're dating now. Oh my, Xfire! Mm, I, I remember yeah. that. That that's yeah, that's a long <laughs> time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That that is an old one. Um. But the fact that they they both advertise this. Oh, your friend's playing this insert multiplayer title here. You can just click on the on your friends list and say join friend, and it's supposed to dump you into the game, into their match, and everything's supposed to just magically work. Well, I'm sorry, both Steam and Origin, it doesn't work. How many times That's have we time tried Mass Effect Three oh, 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 oh. and people oh, yeah. can't connect to each other? Yeah, can't see each other. And we say the same thing. Why don't you work? Yeah. You know what though? Like... I think I think for Half Life <laughs> and Gary's mod, it probably works the best for the sake yeah, of their like games developed by Steam or Valve, which is well. Still... We were playing TF2 the other night, and a couple of people couldn't join in on our match, even though yeah. there were slots available. Yeah, it wouldn't let us. We tried that. Were they slots that were private? Some they I don't know how they do this, but they have like VIP slots in games. We were we were playing on one of the public servers, so I don't believe so. Okay. Um, but one of my personal favorites though is good old games. Hooray! No I DRM. That one. Everyone loves good old games. No old DRM GOG. whatsoever. You you make your account, you buy the game, you download it. There's, it's not tied to a version check or a store somewhere. You just install it and play it. And they have a ton of the classic games on there that I used to play a long time ago and still have fond memories of. How and, come I've never heard of this? And the you great thing, a GOG. No. It's done by the same people that do... Um, CD Projekt Red. Yep, the same people that Witcher do Witcher. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? You never heard of it? Mm-mm. Honestly, I just heard this week, so. Yeah. I love this because <laughs> the other day I went, I want to play Ultima 7, and I got Ultima 7, and it worked. But, Which, mm-hmm. but here's a good question. Why? What? That was a horrible what? game. Oh, Ultima 7 is. Oh, so I hated that. Oh my okay, God. okay. You can, get, yeah. you can get flour, mix it with water, you put it from your backpack into an oven, and it becomes bread. Whoa. Whoa. I have a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You can get a sword, and you can run up to a wolf, and you can click on the wolf repeatedly, and then the wolf will eat you. Yes! Just... <laughs> that, that is pretty cool. I just found SimCity 2000 Special Edition. Yup. And the thing I like about GOG is, all of these classic games that you go, oh, that'll never run on my fancy new system. It will. They patch them up, they make them work, and it it's just magic. I don't know what voodoo they do, but it just voodoo works. I couldn't All even get Ultra 7 working on my crappy uh-huh. old 486. It didn't work. Well, <laughs> it was if, too big. If they want, I could submit a list of like 100 games that they should start working on. I'm sure they would <laughs> like the feedback. Yeah, I'm sure they will try if they can. And, well, you know, it'd take a couple podcasts, so I should probably save it for another time. Yeah. However, GOG are not all rosy and good, though, uh, because what they did was, although 
you know, they're pretty much selling a whole load of wonderful games uh, from our past, which sort of need to be preserved, quite frankly, because otherwise, like, lots of them would have been lost. Yes. But on the other hand, shoot Larry. We can't lose them. (laughs) (laughs) They cut into a scene called Abandonware, which was essentially where these games were collected and upheld by people for free. And because no one really held the rights to them, because they'd been abandoned by their producers, it was on the outskirts of legality because no one was going Mm -hmm. to check it up. And essentially what they did was just collect up all the rights to something that was already free and put a price on it. Which, that's a bit dodgy, but God, they have won my loyalty so much with what they've well, done with those. Yeah, well, they they put the time in to make them work. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so Ooh, good. Earthward, uh, yep. Earthworm Jim. And oh usually with their <laughs> with the titles on GOG, they give you a ton of extras: wallpapers, soundtracks, yeah. avatars, yeah. all sorts of add-ons and stuff like that. Um. So they make it worth your while. Mm-hmm. I I got uh, free games. Sorry, Dan? They give away free games like Tyrion Two Thousand. I don't know if mm-hmm. anyone's played that, but it's a wonderful top-down shoot 'em up, and yeah, it's completely free. They gave away Beneath the Steel Sky. Yep, a Excellent couple of game. years ago, and that's one of my favorites from way back. Holy cow! They got some really old games. I'm looking at mm-hmm. it now. Yeah, good old games is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's favorite, you games play. for Windows Live. No, that's shut down. Thank <laughs> God. That was a turd if I ever saw what one. one? <laughs> games for Windows Live. Oh yes, that was the best. Oh, oh. You must sign in. Okay, sign in. <laughs> you must sign in again. You must sign in again. Okay, <laughs> type in your password, and then okay, enter in the CD key. Type in the CD key. Excellent. Your game's installing. Game installed. You open the game, then ask for the password again. You type in the password again, and then it goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's an update for the game. You have to download and install this update before you can even go to the menu screen. What? Stupid Microsoft. Is, are you, I thought, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, do they not have games for Windows anymore? It, no, it, they canceled it. Shut down. Oh. Thankfully. Without sort of backing up a lot of their games, that's just a lot of games that used Game for Windows Live didn't work for a while until they got picked up by someone else. Yep. <laughs> that's the worst part of it. Yeah, the problem... Well, there's also Impulse. Yeah, um, there's a, a, a bunch of them out there. Um, Impulse is kind of like the Steam sales, almost, from what I remember. They have a lot of deep discounts on mm-hmm. on games, which is good. Um, and Impulse is also Stardock. So Galaxy Civ and but they also sell like the um, window blinds program for customizing your desktop and stuff like that on there. No, I just found it randomly in a forum here while looking up <laughs> yeah. looking up uh Steam Origin Uplay Windows. <laughs> Uplay. <laughs> oh, Uplay. I think the you reason play. a lot of them sort of popped up was because for a while Steam went completely uncontested for 
very long time, like almost 10 years, Steam went uncontested. <laughs> yeah. And there That's needs true. to be competition, quite simply. Otherwise, um, but yeah, it's if Steam just had a monopoly, which it's pretty much done with goodwill for a very long time until they started all this, the lack of quality control on the front page. Um, mm-hmm. Steam were pretty much the uncontested leader of digital distribution. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, Origin popped up. I don't think it was um, so much that they wanted um, to dominate and thought they could do better. I think it's just quite simply that Valve makes a huge amount of money off Steam. Well, the reason why Origin came out was because Steam said, if you want to sell DLC... You have to sell it through Steam. EA got very upset with that because they wanted to sell it through the through the game itself. Okay. That's but I think also it's sort of Valve doesn't I mean Valve makes games as a hobby now, let's face it. It's like oh, yeah. they are a retailer predominantly and a games maker as a secondary thing. They do release those games and the game, when they release them, they are bloody good. But until that point, it's like it's on Valve time. Mm-hmm. And who knows when Valve's next game will be. I think, basically... Half-Life 3, it, Episode 3, please. Yeah. <laughs> or Half-Life 2, Episode 3. You know 3. what? There, there was uh, a news article a couple of days ago about that. Really? As everyone frantically runs to the keyboard and types yeah, in Half-Life 3. <laughs> <laughs> what? Basically, if EA had Valve, a lot of EA struggles essentially instead of what perceived as greedy behavior comes from the fact that they are hemorrhaging money faster than they can make it and um if ea had valve money i think we'd probably be seeing a lot more games than what valve is doing with valve money and um just yeah it's it would solve a lot of problems which they are having which caused them to be this sort of perceived greedy money grabber well, I don't think they're necessarily a money grabber. Um, always, I mean, they do some pretty money grabby type stuff. But I actually like Origins' looks and layouts, and I I I've never had a problem with Origin. I have had had I have had problems with Steam, um, even kind of recently. So. Mm. Plus, you can return games on Origin. Yeah, you can actually return games. <laughs> That's huge. Valve yep. does not do returns. I haven't tried to, to send one back on Origin. Or, uh, I don't think... I mean, within a certain amount of time on Origin, I think it's, yeah, I think it's three like... days if you haven't played it, and within 24 hours if you play it. Oh, that makes sense. So you can't just play the game and give it back. <laughs> Finish it and say, here you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But with Steam, pretty much, you have to have some really hardcore sob story for them to authorize a return. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the, the kind of evil thing about Steam is if you pay with an actual credit card, not just a debit card, and you go to your credit card company and say, that charge isn't, isn't valid, they gave me a bad product. I want to do a chargeback. Well, if you do a chargeback to Valve, they ban your account. You can't go online with it. You can't buy more games with that account. You can still log in and download your games and install them and play them, 
in an offline mode, but they shut you off. They, huh? they shut you off. Yeah. Wow. And lots that's of bad. games nowadays need online to play. So. Yeah. It's... One thing, you know, we're knocking them, but one thing these both do is allow me not to have a bunch of CDs laying around in my house and I have to put them on a computer so I can download them anywhere. And that's hey, what I really, really like. I feel sorry for the kids of tomorrow who don't have a CD wall because everyone needs to have no. a CD wall. No, no, Dan, no, you don't. No, no. 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 As someone who games on both a notebook and a desktop, because no. I, I, I do have a, a mobile gamer deal. Um, yeah, no, digital distribution, thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll take my, love it. my cloud saves and not having to walk around with a bunch of discs. What? And... That's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's fine. Well, I mean, I... Unfortunately, I don't have a camera, but if you can see me now, I am holding up my Dungeon Keeper 1 box right here, the solid thick one. I missed those boxes. They were amazing. I, um... Here we go. I got my... Here's my software binder. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> nice. It's a yeah. leather-bound 400 CD flip through thing i mean i got everything in it i have what they call an external hard drive and everything is on that i it's wish i could do that those are so old that they have cd checks and things like amazing that amazing thing for origin was that when i bought mass effect 3 it did not work the cd i've got is a faulty cd <laughs> however due to origin i plugged in the cd key registered on there and download a digital copy. And yep. that was the best thing. And that sold me on Origin right there and then was just like, wow, I can do that. That's amazing. That saved me a lot of unhappiness because I was going to be very unhappy that day. Mm -hmm. So now that we kind of touched base on all the, the major ones and our gripes with them, what would your digital distribution platform, like what checkbox features do you want your custom one to have if you could build one from the ground up? Mine would be a friends list with the invite thing to get them to your your friends to jump into your multiplayer games. That actually works. Sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> what would your perfect digital distribution oh. service provider be like? My perfect one would be all my games on one freaking thing, not several different platforms. <laughs> Obviously, it's never going to happen because no. EA and uh, mm -hmm. Steam aren't going to play nice, and other ones too, like Ubisoft and that. I just, you know, it would be nice to have them all in one area, not go here and there and everywhere else. But, you know, uh, I really don't have one outside of having them all together. Maybe be a little bit more diligent and uh, make sure you're loading uh two other friends games works <laughs> because uh me3 uh doesn't work that well no what i would like most of all is once you play a game in your and it's in your library you get a rating out of five which you rate everything and from there it creates an algorithm of what games it wants to sell you and puts on the front page because quite frankly i have not and will never 
by a puzzle platformer. Yet all I ever see on my Steam front page is yet another retro puzzle platformer. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm not going to buy it. It's a complete waste of space. You know what? But... I'm going to gift you a whole bunch. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I do not want any more puzzles. Like, Sonic 2 was, like, the only platformer which was awesome. Oh, and Commander Keen as well. Apart from Commander Keen and Sonic, I'm not going to play a puzzle platformer. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to play... I'm going to gift you that mount... What game? Where is it here? It's okay. No, it's okay. It's Mount okay. your friends. I'm gonna get you that one. <laughs> oh god! No, no, just that's, that's, no. That's no, yeah, yeah, no. What that one? is so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it sounds like we want one place. You know what? For me, yeah. For me, I'd be happy with a blank screen. And right in the middle is just a search bar. That is it. Google I'd be happy with that because when I turn on the computer, I know what game I want to play. So I'm just going to type in that game. I'm going to press enter and the game is going to launch. I'm not going to have to go through Windows trying to find games. If I want to go to the store, okay, maybe we can put a little button in the bottom right corner that says store. I can go to the store and then I can maybe have things listed by what's uh, kind of like the app store, maybe um, uh top paid, top free, and top trending. And and I'd be fine with that. But you know what? Just as soon as the thing were to pop up, just a search bar, and I could type in the game I wanted if I wanted to. Um, maybe you have an option where you can put it into a grid like Origin, but otherwise I, I don't have a huge selection, but if I want to play Star Wars, it'd just be easy to type Star Wars and just press enter. I don't know. I That's wish my I had way. More this because, like, when I log on and load up my library, I'm just like, games at the library folder <laughs> yeah. in front of me, and all the games <laughs> I haven't played yet just appear. And it's just like, oh god, I need to play so many of these. And it's just, yeah. yeah if so it could just take away home. my decisions, just give me a game. It's like, Dan, seriously, this has been on your library for three years now, and you still haven't just tried press it. One yeah. button just and it play the game. game, Dan. How many how many times do you sit there thinking, I should play Rage sometime? Just play Rage, Dan. Just do <laughs> or it. Or Spore. <laughs> well, there, there is actually a website, I believe it's Steam Roulette, where... Oh, I need that. You, you, I'm you, going to you, that. You, you give them your, um, the, your Steam ID, and it looks and sees what games you have, and then it just picks one for you and says, this is the one you're playing, whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah, you have to log in. I like the sound of that. I don't know how I feel about giving them my... No, that's... It's not your... It it doesn't ask for your password. It just asks for your publicly viewable... Okay. um, No, you have to sign in through Steam on their website. like Steam Roulette. You sign it, you give them all your details, and they may or may not steal your money. (laughs) (laughs) Not insulting Steam Roulette. It sounds like an awesome thing. It's also been around for a while, so I... I'm more apt to trust it. Okay. But yeah, having that kind of Steam Roulette functionality built in for those kind of obscure games that you frankly forgot that you had would be cool. Bloody hell, I got Dishonored! When did I buy Dishonored? I need to play that game. (laughs) That's a great game. I I like Dishonored. That's probably why I bought it. You probably got it on the summer sale? I, one of the Steam sales. I, I, I think it was on, on one of those Steam sales for really cheap. I don't even know what Ricochet is. When did I get that? 
I think that's a free one that from Valve everyone gets. Valve yeah. I don't get all these free ones you guys get. I just have a small little library that has like a hundred games. I have over two hundred and fifty games, and my library's been valued at about fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> for something ridiculous like that. Whoa, there's a place where you can look at your value. Mm-hmm. Oh, I probably don't want to look at that because I don't want to no, know how no, much you I spent. Don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like the how long have I played an MMO button? It's something you never should press. No, yeah, no, no. Whoa, mm -hmm. there's a grid view. I like that. <laughs> Finding out all these cool stuff. Hmm. Alright, so I think that does it for our discussion topics. Um, oh, just to briefly sum up what, what we kind of decided on. Uh, one place for everything. Uh, working add-in co-op for friends. Co-op, multiplayer, what have you. That actually works. Faster access to the games. Um and a Steam Roulette style of randomizer to help you play those games that you bought that you might not have either played or forgot about. Help the indecisive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's been quite a few times where I go look at the Steam library and just be like, uh, Civ Five, just because I can't figure out what <laughs> to play. I do the same with Dawn of War. Yeah. Dig it? You are muted. Oh, sorry. I was talking to my wife anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what guys, uh, what guys, what games have you guys been playing lately? I have been playing a lot of Elite Dangerous lately, and also uh, the racing part of uh, Citizen, Star Citizen. I don't have any of the actual racing ships, I've just been using the um, standard ones inside there and it's actually quite fun it's a lot more challenging than than you you would think hmm i'd actually i quite like the space combat so i'd be interested in interested in giving the elite dangerous one a try when it comes out yeah yeah elite and dangerous maybe, is and a lot maybe of fun star alliance if it star alliance <laughs> Oh my goodness, I'm tired tonight. <laughs> Words are hard. Star Citizen, I'd be interested, whenever that one comes out, of maybe trying that one as well. Mm -hmm. huh. I have, I've actually been playing Death Rally. It's an old 90s game that the Steam sale had it on sale a few years ago, and I bought it for like five bucks. It's an old game I used to own. It was a lot of fun. It's just this little racer and you're flat and you're just driving around these different tracks and and uh you take the money and you build your racer up and of course you shoot and destroy everybody in front of you that's the funnest way to win but uh also some star wars uh play a little planet side as well mostly star wars uh i'm, I'm back playing alts now thanks to uh the uh the X-Pack they dropped, if you, if, you pre, if you pre-bought it, which I did, you they gave you uh, 12 times EXP on your uh, mission quest. So I'm doing missions and watching my bar go ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Even though I don't need more alts, but that part's fun. Everybody needs more alts. Yeah, it's fun to go through the stories again. You guys too, are welcome to go on fabulous. my account. 
and, and build some characters. Just so you know, how much I haven't money had you a got? chance to even get to fifty-five yet. I think any... this do yeah dodecal XP thing, times twelve XP thing, is a brilliant thing because essentially, if you level enough alts with it, you have already paid for the expansion in pure game time. So yeah, I'd like absolutely. to be getting as absolutely. many alts done in this time as possible in chance of maybe making a profit on the expansion. <laughs> Only if you turn around and sold your alts. No, 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 just because well, it would have taken me more months to do it. It takes yeah. like two months well, to do an alt. That's very true. And that means like one month, one one alt done, and you've already paid more than the game, um, more than the expansion's worth. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see it anyway. But uh, as games I've been playing, I've been playing the StarCraft II Heart of the Swarm expansion, which is definitely an expansion rather than a full game. They only charged, they charged a lot less for it than the first one. The first the, uh, expansion, the first part of Star, um, StarCraft II was Wings of Liberty, and that was bloody brilliant. They really pushed what you can do with storytelling in an RTS game with like, choices going through and which mission you can take and just the units you got change depending on what choices you got and there and yeah it's just it was brilliant the heart of the swarm expansion i found to be rather a disappointment actually it made me sad it's Aww. rather linear completely undoes everything you did in wings of liberty um uh, just yeah narratively wise it's just pretty much setting it back to step one and yeah i just hope they fix things in the third one because uh, yeah it made me um a bit disappointed to be honest which is quite sad so no office simulator dan <laughs> there, were no offices. there was however inside of a giant beast simulator oh dear <laughs> quite fun because yeah, it was playing as the Zerg, who are the they're basically based off Alien from Aliens, so they're all biological and quite cool. And they were my favourites in StarCraft One, which is why I was so looking forward to it. But uh although playing as the mean aliens was awesome, it was it was a completely linear experience essentially. Uh, where StarCraft Two Wings of Liberty had a lot of branches, a lot of replayability. Well, that did remember what choices I made, which is a good thing. Well, it's also a Blizzard title, and they usually fix their problems when they when they have them. Um, just look at sure. Diablo three; they righted that ship fairly quickly. I know it's been out for a year now. I mean, the problems aren't that the game the game was a very good one; it worked perfectly. Uh, it had that level of Blizzard polish you expect. It's just. Narratively, it was very simple compared to... I mean, I'm not going to say that StarCraft 1 was Shakespeare because it was cheesy as heck. The writing was just fun, going around shooting things. It was fun. It was... It was a, a fun game. It was a simple, like, there's the bad guy over there, go get them. And that was great. It was like aliens invading and everything. But Old was... Warcraft games were fun, too. I'm, I'm going to be honest, it made... The end of Wings of Liberty made me cry because it was just sort of... You were invading the thing. He was going to save his friend, and his friend was sort of Sarah Kerrigan, if anyone's played it. She's kind of evil by that point because she's been taken over by the Zerg. And it's like trying to save someone from themselves is... That made me sad. Yeah. Dan, Dan, toughen up, Buttercup. <laughs> 
I know. Oh. You know what? Star <laughs> they did a really good job on StarCraft 2, and especially their soundtrack as well. The mm -hmm. soundtrack is incredible. That's just, I, I mean, StarCraft 1, if you start it's a good up. Game. It just. Uh, StarCraft 2, if you start up the campaign, it has a good yes. 10, 20 seconds just staring at a glass with atmospheric music. That builds so much atmosphere. StarCraft 2 had a really cool animation. But then straight down to like mission briefing, mission, mission briefing, mission. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there was none of that world building that there was in StarCraft 2. Hmm. I don't, uh, I, see, I just have StarCraft 2. I haven't tried the expansions yet, so I'd be interested to yeah, see. Yeah, I just have the base game myself. I we should play that. To, it's uh, worth replaying. It. It's worth doing. I would say it's definitely worth playing, but it's just sort of. Layeredness of Wings of Liberty isn't there where it is with Starcraft with Heart of the Swarm. Mm -hmm. So story-wise, it, it's kind of a letdown. Yeah, because right. yes, Wings of Liberty. I'd never experienced that level of storytelling in an RTS. That's cool. All right. I never played uh, that. Was the expansion right? Wings of Liberty was yep. the base game of Starcraft Two. Oh, I never yeah, actually human campaign. That. So, yeah. they, uh, basically, they split it off. Instead of doing one game with all three teams going through for the campaign, they split it off. So it's a game with each um, faction. Faction. So you start off. Wings of Liberty is the humans with Jim Rayner, the central character, going to save Sarah Kerrigan, who has become an alien queen. And um, uh, Heart of the Swarm is where you become Sarah Kerrigan, the Zergified alien girl. As she tries to deal with her newfound humanity after being freed from the hive mind and goes on to go straight back to the hive, take over the hive, doing everything you just did. And yeah, it's kind of a letdown because it's just like we got all these great characters in Wings of Liberty, and for the most part, they are completely ignored in just saying, Here's a Zergling! He is cute! Look at the Zergling! <laughs> I'm curious to see what they're going to do for the Protoss, because the Protoss are my favorite. Protoss is so cool. Why aren't we playing that game? Oh my. <laughs> you know what? We should. installing right now. Yeah, we, we can do that for... I don't even think I have it loaded. Aw. Well, it's usually a pretty fast download. But it I think that's that's going to wrap it all up for us. Did we miss anybody in our closing? Nope. I've just been playing World of Warcraft, and I pulled out my visa to resubscribe to Star Wars Zero to Public because I'm getting so much backlash from this one group for, you know, not playing. So <laughs> <laughs> I am going to um, give it another shot here and see how well, especially with this um, the XP bonuses. Um, but yeah, just Star Wars Zero to Public, World of Warcraft, and apparently now StarCraft, and a lot of flight simulators still, so... <laughs> oh, how was your 16-hour flight? I didn't do a 16-hour flight yet, um, but that will be coming, because I do have the Boeing 777, and that's a beautiful aircraft for doing very long flights. And again, it's all in real time, so, you know, I'll start the flight one morning, and then I'll finish it the next day. I won't sit in front of my computer for 17 hours, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Why the computer that? will be on and pointing in a direction? Yeah. Yeah, autopilot just, you are, know what? are wonderful. It's, it's amazing when you can actually do a 17-hour flight without your computer crashing. 
because when you get to that last part where you're landing and your computer crashes, oh, it's no. the best feeling ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Tatooine balloon on uh, oh, getting that uh, the Datacrons. Datacron, yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm about ready to jump on it right now. <laughs> um, do you ever get like bird strike or anything in that game where suddenly like your entire screen is filled with pigeons? Uh, in X-Plane, you can. They do have deer, and they do have, um, bird strikes, so... <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, ah, it makes flying a little bit difficult, because there is this cracked windshield, so, um, you can't really see through it. Unfortunately, uh, in, uh, while I fly and prepared, it was... It's Lockheed Martin's license of Microsoft Flight Simulator X, but Lockheed Martin has taken it and changed it and altered it and kind of made it their own simulator called prepared still no bird strikes or any like visual uh strikes of any sorts but explain there is a lot more more of a simulator where you can do stuff like that so yeah awesome all right well that's going to do it for this installment of the digital critical gaming podcast you can find us at digitalcriticalgaming.com digital critical on twitter and on Facebook, Digital Critical Gaming as well. We're also part of the Tour Wars family of guilds. You can find us at tourwars.engine.com. See you next time. Bye for now. Bye! Later! Bye! Bye.